All right, if you have your Bibles tonight, I take it that you do have your Bibles because we are a Bible reading, preaching, teaching kind of church. Amen? So, all right. Uh, go ahead and get your Bibles out. I'm looking over here. I'm looking over the, the young people, looking across the sanctuary to make sure everybody has their, their Bibles with them tonight. If you would, please, um, not for my sake, but for the holiness of this time, if you could just put away your phones, put away any kind of distractions. I think I can get away saying that because I'm not the pastor. Uh, just put your stuff away and allow God to speak to you. Oftentimes, I feel like we're so distracted with other different types of things with church. Sometimes we, it, it's easy to get sidetracked and to miss the message. And there are more, there's been more than just one message tonight. And I'm not talking about Ben or, or, or Brother Miguel. I'm talking about the, the song service, the praying. The, all those are messages that we need to be hearing. And so if you would, please tonight, not for my sake, but for the reverence of the Holy Scriptures, please uh, put away any distractions that may, that may take you away from uh, what God is wanting to tell you tonight. I thought that was a good thought, Miguel, about allowing God to hear from God, about hearing from God. I really appreciated those two messages, amen? I really appreciated those. Um, they encouraged me. They made me think about the first time I did. Thank you, Micah. Sent him on a trip to get me some water. I remember the, the first time I did one of my messages. I think my first message was a watch night service, I think. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was. Because I, I preached a message out of Psalm 37, and then Brother Steve Gregory preached the same message out of the same chapter. And so it was really, I was really nervous about that. He said he was more nervous because I went before him. But anyway, I guess God really wanted us to focus on that passage that night. If you would, please stand, and we're going to go ahead and turn your Bibles to Mark chapter 11. If you would, please stand and honor the Word of God tonight. We'll read our text here. It's a pretty familiar story. We'll read our text here, and then we will, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll preach a little while. Preach a little while. I got, I got a clock up here. I'm going, to try, I'm going to try to do my best to be brief without being too short. All right, let's, let's read in, the, in the, the Word of God here. Let's read in verse 1. The Bible says, And when they came nigh to Jerusalem unto Bethpage and Bethany at the Mount of Olives, he sent forth two of his disciples, and he said unto them, Go your way into the village over against you, and as soon as ye be entered into it, you shall find a colt tied wherein never man sat. Loose him and bring him. And if any man say unto you, Why do ye this? Say ye that the Lord needeth him. And straightway he will send him hither. And they went their way, and they found the colt, tied by the door without the place where their two ways met. And they loosed him, and certain of them stood, said unto them, What do ye, loosing the colt? And they said unto them, Even as Jesus had commanded, and they let him go. And they brought the colt to Jesus, and cast their garments on him, and they sat upon him. And, they sat, and he sat upon him. And many spread their garments in the way, and others cut down branches off the trees, and, and strawed them in the way. And they had went before and they that went before, and they that followed, cried, crying, Hosanna, blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the kingdom of our father David. He cometh in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. All right, if you would, you can be seated, and we'll have a word of prayer before we get started. Let's pray. God, we love you, Lord. We thank you for this night. God, we thank you for the wonderful service we've already had tonight. God, we thank you that we can uh, emphasize this back-to-school Sunday night for our, our young people. God, I pray that you would please eliminate any, any thoughts, any distractions that would take away from your word tonight, Lord, not for my sake, but for their sake, so that they can hear from you 
uh, the, the message that you have for them tonight, God. We pray that, that you would just continue to bless in this preaching time. Uh, the preaching time again, God, I pray that, that you would just um, please use everything in the service up to this point, Lord, to help us to be ready for the message. God, we pray that you would speak to us, challenge us. God, lift us up, encourage us from your word tonight. Lord, we love you and we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Um, thinking about this, this youth night, I, I was thinking that it, it was uh, an emphasis on young people. And any time that I preach and uh, I preach with an emphasis on young people, I always try to, it's always difficult, if you've never done it, you probably wouldn't understand, it's difficult to try to get other people in the congregation involved with the focus of the, the night. We have special nights for our youth, and we're here for them, and we're here to help them, encourage them as they start their new school year, and I've been in some other positions, as, as most of the adults in here have been in right now, where it's like, this is a youth night, this is for the kids, you know, I'm sure this message won't really mean anything to me. Well, that's not true. So I want you to think about how we can apply all this to our lives together, not just young and old, or not just young, but older alike, not just school age, but everybody. Brother Jason said something earlier about this is God's word, so we can apply that to our life. No matter the focus, no matter the theme, whatever it is, this is God's word that we have tonight. Um, oh, by the way, if there are any school aged people who want to come down front, this is the time to do it. No? I told Michaela I was going to try to embarrass her a little bit because she didn't want to come up front, and I gave her two options. I, she could either come up here and sit, or I could call her out, but that's okay. <laughs> All right, tonight, I want, to, I want to sort of dwell on this thought of going back to school and starting a new year. Now, many of you know that I'm a teacher at Dalton Middle School, and I'm, I'm, I actually go back tomorrow, so you, you guys pray for me. It's July, and I'm going back to my building. It just didn't feel right. Going back to my room, it just it really feels awkward to, to be doing that. But I want to focus tonight, my challenge is for the youth, and that's to get you guys ready for this school year and what you can do in this school year and how you can give God the glory through your school year. You may be saying, well, that's a silly thing to think of. I mean, I hate school. I, how many of you just do not like school? Just raise your hand, be honest. We're in, we're in, other people are raising their hands. That's great. <laughs> no. All right, you can put your hands down. I don't want to embarrass you too much. Um, I never remember thinking that I just did not like school. Um, I really enjoyed school. And so if nothing else, if your social studies teacher puts you to sleep with all those lectures, uh, remember this. I want you to think about this. Me being at this school is for a purpose, and I can give God glory in my school year. You know, I was thinking about uh, Brother, Brother Ben's message about fulfilling that prayer. And that's a great opportunity. That is how we can give God the glory, by fulfilling that prayer that we read in God's Scripture. So the title of the lesson today, or the lesson, I'm in Sunday school. The title of the message is the, this evening is Making a First Day Impression. Making a First Day Impression. I think for, for a teenager, I never really cared much about this, but I, I would assume for most teenagers, making that first day impression at school with like new people and trying to find new friends and teachers and everything so new, and you just want to do your best to make a good impression. You don't want to do anything that's going to like people make fun of you. You just want to make a good impression, right? Now, with my students, they're always really good on the first day of school. Like the first day of school is the best they'll be all year. Yeah. <laughs> Because they're trying to figure out, like, who can I sit by that I can talk to? You know, how is this teacher? You know, how do they operate class? 
Well, let's think about this from a spiritual standpoint. How are we going to make a first day impression as a Christian? Now, some of you I know personally are Christians. You're saved. You've believed in Jesus as your Savior. I can't say that for everybody in the, in, down here in front or in the whole congregation. I can't say that for everybody. But you can't make the right kind of impression if you're not saved. You just cannot make that right kind of impression. You can, you, can, you can look like a good kid. You can look like a good older man, woman, mom, dad, whatever it is. But if you're not saved, you can't make the kind of impression that you need to. So I want to think about this thought here in uh, Mark chapter 11. And many of you will know this story. This is, this is the, um, the, the Passion Week. This starts the Passion Week in our text here in Mark chapter 11. And we see that here it's, it's, the, it's Sunday. It's Sunday when Jesus is going to be riding in. It's called Palm Sunday, riding into Jerusalem, making his fulfilling scriptures, really. The, the book of Zechariah tells us that, that Jesus would ride in to Jerusalem, fulfilling the fulfillment of scriptures here. But it's Sunday, which is the first day of the week. First day of the week, first day impressions. You, you get where I'm going with this, first day impressions. Jesus is making a first day impression here, the first day of the week, to these people that are in Jerusalem. And he's making a very specific impression. And so I want to look at this and look at, look at what Jesus is doing and look at what the people are doing and look at all these, these, these different aspects of, of the passage here. And let's, let's talk about this. And making a first day impression for God. And I want you to think about this question. How can God get the honor and glory out of my school year? How can God get the honor and glory out of my school year? Well, it starts with making the right acknowledgement. If you're taking notes, that's point number one. Making the right acknowledgement. And that goes back to the fact, real quick, that you can't, be the, you can't be the mom or dad, you can't be the son or daughter, you can't be anything that you need to be, that you're made to be, without God. You must first believe that Jesus died the Son of God died, rose, and that He alone has taken your sin away, and that is the only path to heaven. That is the first and foremost acknowledgement that you and I have to make. Have to make. The Bible says that Jesus once suffered for sin. It's not something that we do all the time. You know, there's a lot of doctrine, a lot of teachings about uh, in our schools, our, our young people, they get so confused. You just hear it in the hallways. You hear it from other teachers, uh, as bad as that is. You hear it from other teachers about how, you know, oh, you, if you're just good enough, or some people, some teachers don't even believe in heaven. You got a lot of different things going on. So there's a struggle. I'm, I'm telling you the, 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 the issues that these young people face, parents, other people, it, it's, it's real. I mean, it is legit. It is real. Because I'm there. I know what it's like. And Jesus, trying to talk about Jesus in, in a school setting is difficult. Um, you can tell that young people are thirsty for this. They have a longing to know. They, do, they, they really do. You can see it in their face. You can see it in their lives. Because many of the kids that I come in contact with have, have broken homes, you know, just like myself. They've broken homes. They have they've junk that's going on in their lives. They struggle, and they're looking for something real. They're looking for something authentic. And the only thing that's authentic is Jesus. He is the only authentic. He is the only thing that, can, that we can legitimately say is real in this world. That's it. And it starts with acknowledging that Jesus is the Savior. It starts with that acknowledgement. So if you're not saved, salvation is not the focus of this message, but I believe it should be the focus in, at some point in every message. 
that you must first start with acknowledging that Jesus Christ is Lord. Jesus Christ is Lord. I want to do a little word study here and break this passage down and, and, and take some thoughts out of this. If you would, look back at verse 7 with me. How's God going to get the glory out of your school year? You've got to first make the right acknowledgement. Look back at verse 7 for me. Take your, take your finger. We'll do this like I do in children's church. Take your little pointing finger, put it on verse 7. That's where I'm at. All right? It says, and they brought the cult to Jesus. Now, remember, this is fulfillment of prophecy back in Zechariah. And it says, uh, and they brought the colt to Jesus, and they cast their garments on him, and he sat upon him. The thing I want to point out, the, the first point I want to bring out about making the right acknowledgement is notice the where Jesus sat on this colt. It was a donkey, pretty much. Notice where he sat on it. The Bible says, and they cast their garments upon him, and he sat upon him. So we have Jesus here sitting on this donkey, riding into the gates of Jerusalem. And I know you're saying, well, Brother Derek, where else is... You know, where else are you going to ride on donkey? You have to be on top. Well, that's not the focus here. It's the emphasis of the words that are used. Okay? It says sat. That word means to have one fixed or established, that something is not going to move on it. It's sitting on top of. The next word that you see in there is upon. He sat upon. It's a positional word. It's a positional word. That word upon there is the same word that we find in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 6, where it says, one God and Father of all who is above all and through all and in you all. It's the same word there. It says that there's one God and one Father of all who is above all. Makes me think of Isaiah chapter 6. When Isaiah it says, and he said he saw the Lord high and lifted up. He saw the Lord high and lifted up and his train did fill the temple. So there is something special about Christ sitting on top of your life. There's something special about that. Your school year will, will, will not be what it needs to be if Christ is not on top. If Christ is not positionally fixed above all in your life. For the rest of us, as we go through our work day and work week, we, we, we cannot even begin to fulfill what God has for us if we don't put Him above all. The Bible tells us here that Jesus sat upon that donkey. He was positionally speaking. We see that there's a lot of, you can break down this and see a lot of symbolism here. The symbolism that Jesus is riding, first of all, he's on a donkey. He's not on a horse. He's not on a stallion. He's not wearing a, 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 this, this royal robe as the Jews thought that he was going to be coming in and conquering and running out the Romans and restoring the, the throne of David and restoring the kingdom of Israel. That's what they were thinking. That's what they were looking for. And that's really what the people in this passage, that's why they were saying what they were saying. They thought Jesus was going to come in and just clean house and take out the Romans and that they were going to restore the kingdom at that point. But that wasn't, that wasn't what Jesus came for. We look at seeing Jesus, he was sitting upon a donkey, a colt, when he came into Jerusalem. There are a couple of things that we see about Jesus here that I think that we ought to mirror in our, in our life. Young people, this is something we need to mirror in our life this year in school. We need to recognize that Jesus should be above all in our life, first and foremost. Acknowledge that. Second thing, I see that Jesus riding here on this donkey, that shows the meekness of it. It shows his meek spirit. There are, there are a lot of times I like to move around a lot. I, don't, I, I like the, the, the pulpit, but I like to move around too. I feel like it helps me. It's just, just how I teach, so this is, this is what I do. There's, there's something about this attitude of meekness that I feel like we as young people in our generation, we, we, we don't have. You know, they say, oftentimes, people will say that, well, if you're meek, that means you're weak. That's not true. Meekness is not 
thinking less of yourself. It's just not thinking of yourself. And we see Jesus, the King of kings, the Lord of all, the one who is above all and in all and through us all. Colossians chapter 2, verse 10 says that we are complete in Him. This is the, the Messiah, the, the, the high and lifted up. The mighty one, the promised one, the Redeemer, riding in on a very humble, meek donkey. He wasn't driving the flashy sports car or the nice Jeep, Emily. He wasn't driving the flashy things. He wasn't trying to make a big idea. You know, he wasn't trying to make a show of himself, which I feel like a lot of times as Christians, young people, we try to make a a show about ourselves. You know, it's not about us. It's about the Lord. And so I want you to think about that idea of meekness. This year, when you're going into your school, it's not about you. It's not about the things that you can get out of school, although I, I think you ought to do your best. You ought to do your best. But really, that's a mission field for you guys. That's your mission field. That's my mission field. And this attitude of meekness is what we need to mirror. Because our Lord showed that meekness when he's riding into town on this donkey. I'm sure there were people thinking, if this is the Messiah, like, we're getting some mixed signals here. But he was really what he was trying, he was teaching them. Even though this is the, the first day of the week where he knows he's going to die but he's still teaching them about humility and about being meek. And I feel like we need to grab a hold of that. As young people, we need to grab a hold of this idea of humility and meekness because our Lord shows us that here in this passage, riding into town on this donkey. Notice that I said earlier that the focus really wasn't on the method of him getting into town. It wasn't about... You see, you and I, believers, we, we, we're this donkey here. We're this donkey, symbolically speaking, okay? We're this donkey. Where Christ is supposed to be sitting on our life and where we, it is not our job to do anything too flashy to bring attention to ourselves. to where Christ is the focus. And that is the idea of here, and that's the reason why Jesus is doing this here and fulfilling this prophecy, fulfilling the Scripture. That is the reason, because we of ourselves should not seek anything to profit or gain as far as popularity or fame or fortune in this life. You know, the Apostle Paul tells the church at Corinth in, in 1 Corinthians 10, 33, not seeking mine own profit, but the profit of many, that they might be saved. Here's the thought that I want you to think about. I'm going to come back down here again. Here's the thought that I want you to think about. Every single thing that you do this school year could either help or hurt someone else. I know that's, that's not very deep, but it is. Every single thing that you do can either send someone to hell or it could help send them to heaven. I want you to think about that thought. And I, I, I was, it was God's providence that Ben preached that message. Because that was, was my point right here about this humility and this meekness and this Christ-like, it's not about me, school is not about me, it's about what I can do for the Lord and how I can give God the glory in my school year. That's right. And it starts with making the right acknowledgement. Because you and I cannot fulfill what God has planned for us this school year in the coming days if we're not first acknowledging Him and taking on this Christ-like hum- humility and meekness that we see here in Mark chapter 11. There was nothing flashy about this. So I want, you to, I want to ask you a question, and if you're, if you're taking notes, I want you to write it down. 
for anybody. Where does Christ sit in my life? Where does Christ sit in my life? Now, in this passage here, he's sitting upon the donkey. We already talked about the two words, sat and upon. One means fixed, one means above all. Where is Christ sitting in my life right now, today? Is it above all? Second thing, how can Christ get the glory out of my school year? First, if we make the right acknowledgement. Secondly, if we take the right action. You know, if we're making the right acknowledgement that Christ is our Lord and Savior and above all, and He is our all in all, and, and Colossians already used this, chapter 2, verse 10 says, we are complete in Him. If He is that for us, then we, we are created unto good works. We will take the right actions. We will. The Bible teaches us that, that we, we are saved by grace, not of ourselves. It's a gift, lest we should boast about it. But the reason why we were saved, that was one of the points in our Sunday school lesson this morning. Why are we saved? How does God take that saving grace and give us that empowering grace? How does He do that? Well, He does it for us, but for good works. He does that for us. So when we take the right action, uh, let's look at here in verse 8. Look back with me at verse 8 and look and see what happens. And verse 7 says, And they brought the colt to Jesus and cast their garments upon Him, and He sat upon Him. And many garments, and they spread... And many spread their garments in the way, and others cut down branches off the tree and strode them in the way. So they were taking an action here. They were, they were taking this action of the Lord is, is Jesus here is the promised one, and we're going to lay down. They're going to roll out the red carpet, so to speak. They're, they're going to lay it down for him. You know, he's, he's coming into the, 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 the city, and they want to give him a, a king's welcome. And they're cutting off palm leaves, and they're taking off their jackets, and they're putting it in the, in the road because the road was dirty. And so they wanted to class it up a little bit. And you're laying this down because Jesus was worthy of taking some kind of action. Can I hear an amen? amen. All right. It says, Many spread their garments in the way, and others cut down branches off the tree and strawed them in the way. So there are two couple phrases here. The first one I want to look at is, is spread in the way. Well, the Bible says spread in the way. Now that word here, spread, is talking about to cast off or to lay down in a path. That's what that word's talking about here. Talking about casting off and laying down. And that phrase, in the way, it, it literally talks about a path. The, the, the actual physical path that's there in, in the city. It also has a, another meaning. It means a way of conduct, a way of thinking or feeling or deciding. So the literal translation there is like the literal path. The sort of symbolic meaning here is that it means a way of thinking, conduct, and feeling and the decisions that you and I are going to make this year. The other phrase says, cut down branches off the trees. So th these people here, they took some action. They believed that Jesus was the Messiah. Well, they believed he was going to restore the kingdom. And they were taking some kind of action based on what they believed. Okay? So think about this in your school year. If you're a Christian, you're saved, you know that Christ is the Savior of all, what kind of action are you going to take? What kind of action are you all going to take in the coming days ahead? You know, oftentimes, it's a, it's a, very, it's a real struggle to be a Christian. Can, can we all agree with that? It is tough, Okay. There are, I'm thinking of at least a, a few teenagers right now in my mind who I know are saved, 
good people, good families, but there are some things in their lives that are just making their Christian life really tough. And if we're not taking action to be to be the Christians and to strive to be better, then the Satan will just suck us out. If we're just complacent about the Bible, complacent about church, if we're not involved, oh my goodness, this morning, let me, t- let me take you a short story here. This morning, I felt like I was so busy. I, 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 I took, I, I wear a Fitbit, keeps up with my steps. I like to try to stay fit. The only reason why I try to like burn calories so I can eat really good. Um, but I did like 8,000 steps from the time I got here until the time I left this morning at church, okay? At church, I loved it though. I loved the ministry. I loved being involved. But we got, you know, activities going on, sign-up sheets and paying money and children's church. And I had to deal with some other kids out here. It was great. I loved it. But I was tired. There was, there was I got home this afternoon and I was just like, oh, I had to take a nap. It was, it was it was awful. I was tired. One of, the, one of the teenagers were like, hey, you changed. I was like, yeah, because I didn't want to stink. I mean, my shirt was soaked. I mean, that's why I got my jacket on right now. I should have wore a dark shirt, a black shirt, so you couldn't see my sweat. I sweat, and it's already hot in here as it is, and I was just soaked from this morning, but I loved it. I, I took, you know, put those clothes in the, in the dirties, and I was praising God that I was able to do something for the Lord. Amen. I was taking some action this morning. You know, it, it's just not a... I might be onto something here. It, it might not be a good Sunday if you don't sweat for the Lord. If you're not sweating for the Lord, if you're not, if you're not picking kids up or handing out a, a, a flyer or reading a bulletin or, or something, if you're not sweating for God on Sunday, there's something wrong. All right, we got to be busy about this. This is not some fairy tale. We got to be busy about this. Look at these actions that these people took. They cut down branches. They took off their clothes or their, their, their jackets, their outer garments, and they threw them down in the road. They were cutting things down because they wanted to take action to, to signify that they were acknowledging that this person was special. This person was special. Let me ask you this, teenagers. I feel like, okay, the Bible says here they were cutting down branches off some trees. I feel like we've got lots of branches in the way. Are you with me? Everybody else with me? I feel like we got lots of stuff in. We got too many branches in our life. We can't even see the Lord. You know, you know. They say that you can't see the forest for the trees, or something like that. I can't remember what the saying is. I think that's how it goes. They cut. They were cutting down branches so they could lay it down in the road, so that they were honoring and taking this action for their for their Messiah, their Savior, their Jesus. Now, how does that relate to us? We need, to, we, we need to do some bush hogging. You guys know what that is? You guys know what some bush hogging is? Amen. Rebecca's like, yeah, I know what that is. <laughs> yeah. We need to cut down some trees. Although, I will say, I, I'm not for cutting down trees, like in the physical sense, because I, I like nature, and Jason thinks I'm weird. Okay? <laughs> I like nature. I like trees. I like hiking. I like, I like that. I'm talking about the symbolic trees, all the junk, all the brush in our life that's keeping us from seeing God. We need to get rid of it. Get rid of it. Take it out. I feel like we got so much going on, whether it's work, whether it's sports, whether it's boyfriends or girlfriends. Oh, my soul, don't get me started on that. Social media. All these branches. Don't get me started on that one either because we'll be here forever. All right? There is so much in our face that we can't even see the Lord. 
So I, I think it's time that we, we cut some things down. Let me ask you something, teenagers. Is there something in your life right now that you know you need to get rid of that's keeping you from seeing the Lord high and lifted up? I know in my life there are, there are things that daily I have to get rid of. Because I cannot do it. You and I cannot be the Christians in, in ourselves. You know, those people who are trying to be Christians on their own, they're miserable people. I know because I've been there. Okay? When you try to, try to be a Christian, you dress right, act right, say everything you need to say, but yet you've got so much junk and so much brush and so many branches in the way, all these things are distracting you, that you're a miserable Christian. So we need to clean some of those things up. There's some things we need to get rid of. And I don't mean that you can't have friends and you can't have athletics and you can't have work and social media if you want to do that kind of stuff. But we need to make sure that that is not keeping us from seeing the Lord. I thought it was really Mark here writing this gospel down. It was great. Mark, Mark anyway, is a book of action. I think that's why Mark is so, like, going all the places, you know, for, as a missionary. You know, Brother Mark Coffey, he, he really took that, you know, the book of Mark is a book of action. So he's like, hey, my name's Mark, might as well take some action. So he's going everywhere, you know. They've been stateside, I think, for almost a year now, and I've seen him, like, twice. So, I mean, they've probably seen him less, I don't know. Taking the right action. So ask yourself this question. What do I need to clear out or lay down in my life to see and hear from the Lord? I want you to think about that. Because I know that there are things, there are things for all of us that we need to cut down and lay down in our life to see the Lord. So if you're going to give Christ the honor in your school year this year, first thing, acknowledge Him. Second thing, take the right actions. Take the right actions. Third thing, last thing. Right. Making the right allegiance. Making the right allegiance. Taking the right allegiance. Making the right stands. Making the right commitments to our Lord and Savior. Look at verse 9 with us in our text. In verse 9, uh, let's see, and they put their garments in the way, and the others cut down branches off the trees and strove them in the way. And in verse 9, it says, And they that went before, and they that followed, crying, Hosanna, uh, blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord. That phrase there, in verse 9, they that followed. That phrase there, anytime that phrase, and they followed, is, is being used in the New Testament. It's used almost 100 times in the New Testament, that Greek phrase. And every single time, it means one that follows Christ as a, as a disciple, a follower of Christ. Every time you look at it, every single time it's used in the New Testament, in the Greek, that's, what, that's, the, that's the message that it's sending, one that is pursuing Christ, one that is following after Him. If you look, we don't have time to look there, but in Matthew chapter 4, verses 20, 21, and 22, this is when Jesus is calling the sons of Zebedee, James and John, and it uses the same word there. It says, followed him, and they followed him. They followed after him. It's the same Greek word there. And so I want to give you this idea here, teenagers, and, and we'll be finished. As far as your allegiance goes in this school year, yeah, you're going to have football squads, and you're going to have, you know, softball, and all these athletics, and all these things that, you know, you school pride, right? School pride? No? Yeah, oh, yeah, southeast, right? All right, southeast, me too. All right, so we have school pride. You have allegiances. You have allegiances to your school, which you should. That's good. But when it comes to your friends, when it comes to your activities that you're doing, 
what kind of allegiance are you going to have then? You know, really it depends on what kind of acknowledgement you've made, what kind of actions you've been taking. You know, your acknowledgement and your actions will prove out your allegiance. It will prove out your allegiance. Oh, it was great this morning, Brother Vinny was teaching the Sunday school lesson. He was talking about that shallow faith. You know, these, these people who have shallow Christian faith, they just want to use God as kind of like a, you know, yes, I go to Whitfield Baptist Church on my application. Okay? Those kinds of people. Those types of Christians that have shallow faith, they get weeded out during the persecution, during the hard times. Okay? What you do in your school year is going to prove who you're loyal to. It's going to prove who you're loyal to. You're loyal to that job. You're loyal to that coach. You're loyal to that teacher. Now, don't get me wrong. I think you ought to be loyal to things you say you're going to do. Keep your commitments. But when they start coming before the Lord, you've got big problems. I mean big problems. And it won't take long for us to see who you're loyal to. And this is for everybody. Who are you loyal to? You know, when our pastor comes up here and he stands, he looks out at the congregation, sometimes we should like form a line or something and let people come up here and just kind of see what it's like with all people are sitting in the congregation. So you just get an idea of who's here and who's not. I know that it is it's heartbreaking when you, when you look out across a, a congregation and you, you see people not in their spot. And it, it, it breaks your heart. Um, and it's not, just, it's not about just being at church. It's about what church can give you as a Christian. And about what God can give you through this local assembly, which is a New Testament teaching. The local church. You've got to be faithful. Because what you're loyal to will show really what, you're, what is above all in your life. It will show it. Your actions will tell us who you're loyal to. So this year... When you go into your school year and you're ready to think about what kind of first day impression you want to make. On that first day, you're meeting those teachers, finding out where you sit. Maybe you had not even got your schedule yet. I don't know. You're trying to find where your classrooms are. You want to make that first day impression. I want you to think about Jesus. And you're saying, brother, it's going to be hard. There are going to be lots of kids, lots of people. I know. Just pray, think about Jesus, and think about this passage. And the kind of first day impression he made when he came into Jerusalem about how meek his spirit was, and about what these people did. They took some action because they saw him as somebody that should be respected and somebody that was worthy to take some action for. And then the Bible says, and they that followed after him. What kind of Christian are you going to be this school year? Parents, what kind of Christians, grandparents, aunts, uncles, friends, what kind of Christian are you going to be in the lives of the young people in your, in your life? What kind of Christian are you going to be? You know, it really starts, I was thinking about this yesterday. I don't pretend to try to be a leader or someone that I want to, I don't, I'm not one of these people that wants people to follow me. You hang out with me for about 30 minutes, you'll realize that's not my personality. But I, know, I realize that I have influence over people. Whether I want it or not, I have it. So I need to make the best of it. And I need to do it with a Christ-like attitude. 
knowing that my actions and my allegiances are showing in every single thing that I do. And so I want you guys to think about that on your first day this year, going back to school. Think about what kind of real impression you want to make. Do you want to show people that you're a Christian, that you love God? Yeah, people may make fun of you if you pray or bring your Bible or you don't, you don't cuss or you don't, you don't look at these certain things on social media. God help us all, okay, with that, all right? What kind of Christian are you going to be? What kind of allegiances are you going to show to the people who are around you? And I want you to think about Jesus and the kind of first-day impression that he, may, 